Hi, I'm Catherine. And I'm Gail. Welcome to Women Over 70 Aging Reimagined, our weekly podcast. Our signature is sharing stories of vital women 70 to 100 plus who shatter the myth that women become irrelevant as we age. We appreciate your support. Join our Aging Reimagined Circle at womenover70.com and promote your book in Books by Women. And also invite us to speak to your organization. And today we're, we're delighted to be talking with Joan Harmson, age 97, who lives independently in a retirement community in Salem, Oregon. Her daughter, Linda Gessler, a former Women Over 70 guest, describes her mother as an entertainer who enjoys telling a story. And Joan has fascinating stories to share, to be sure leaving her home in Australia at age 19 as a war bride to follow her new husband to rural Minnesota, returning to Australia after a 23-year absence, raising five children in a small town, being an active leader in her community, including being a lay preacher and teaching tap dancing. Years later, Joan moved to Oregon, where she became a widow, earned a college degree and taught English, married a second time at age 79 to a man 10 years older, and with him traveled to four continents and moved to a retirement community. Joan's husband died at age 103. She continues to be very active. She exercises regularly, swimming, walking, and her true love, dancing. And she goes to church and attends the theater. Joan's children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren all recognize and admire her qualities, how how her spirituality, energy, risk-taking, and strength find the way she has lived and continues to live her life. So Joan, welcome to Women Over 70. Well, thank you for having me. We're delighted. We'd love yes. to hear some. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. It sounds like uh, Linda had a good summation of my life. She yes. uh, she did. She, she provided a very um, rich description of highlights of your life. So it was really excited to hear more about it because we we we'd like to to um to hear some of your stories that give a, our listeners a glimpse into your into the qualities that your family uh, describe or appreciate so much about you so let's start um first um as a war bride who you left australia at a very young age and we're curious about what were your expectations about going to america and and um i, I didn't I didn't have any expectations of the country. I had expectations of what my husband would achieve because he was a very special man, extremely intelligent. Uh, He read uh, classical novels, uh, classical books, history books, and he was so different from the boys that I. Um, uh, dated in Australia, and I guess I was just taken up with his uh, his personality and knowledge. And so, <clears throat> going to America was like just going to be with him wherever he was. It, it, the, the going to America didn't really wasn't that big a thing. America, to me, I knew from the movies. We in Australia admired the United States because of the 
the movies that we had. That's how we saw America. And so I uh, didn't really, I didn't really, uh, I, I look forward to going. I was uh, on a ship with 400 brides going to the United States. And we were standing on the railing watching Australia disappear. And the girls were crying. And I said, oh, why are you crying? There'll be nice, good people there, just like there are here. So I expected to be accepted. I expected to make friends and build a good life with the man I loved. Mm. Did I all was. that happen? Did it happen the way you imagined? No, no not exactly. <laughs> no. I was had quite a few problems, and I was very disappointed. Would you like to hear? Yes, please. Well, I was a city girl raised in Adelaide, South Australia, Mediterranean climate, and near the ocean that I loved to swim in, and uh, not too crowded with people. It was a lovely place to live. And uh, people that traveled said it was one of the most beautiful places in the world that they had seen gardens and oh it was lovely but it was british and the british society was very prevalent there it's not like that now australia has become australia kind of like canada but at that time there was a division of the wealthy and the workers and uh, so i was one of the workers being in the poor group with a single mother and uh, a father that came around and said hi once in a while, but a single, ch an only child. And, uh, but um, I, when I came to America, <clears throat> I was thrust into a society and, an, and an, a, a place where an environment that was so different that it was awful for me, really. I, we were on the ship, and there were some American soldiers, and they asked the girls what states they were going to. And when I said Minnesota, I got one word, cold. <laughs> I used to think 50 degrees was cold. Hmm. I found out 30 degrees was normal in the winter, that people survived. So my husband uh, was supposed to get the farm from his, his um, father inherited it, but didn't work out that way. But anyway, we lived on this farm for five and six years, and five of which were spent work living with his, his uh, family, his mother and father, and there were two children still there in high school. No running water, no electricity. And it was out in the country, and uh, the toilet was way up the back in the bushes somewhere. And it was an old log cabin. I was just devastated. 
And but I was going to make it and I was going to adjust. Well, we lived with them five years. My mother in law was not particularly communicative. Uh, the neighbors were kind. People were very interested in meeting me. They were surprised I wasn't black and I could speak English. They knew very little about Australia. <laughs> and I couldn't drive. I couldn't go anywhere. I had no money, no friends, no family. It was a terribly difficult adjustment. And, uh, but, uh, then I had a child and I was devastated and I, I thought, oh, I can't live here. I've got to go home. I thought, then I thought, no, I can't take this child away from his father. That's what was done to me. But we uh, built a house on the farm, but we only lived in it about a year and a half. Then I had another child and we moved to the small town, Lake Wilson, of about 300 people, and bought an old house, 1917, $15,000, I think we paid for it. <laughs> anyway, I moved into town, and uh, I was terribly, terribly depressed. And one night I knelt down on my knees and I said, oh, God, help me to adjust. And God heard my prayer. You know, the next morning I woke up and everything looked different. Oh, these beautiful, wonderful people. They're so hardworking. They're so trustworthy. They're so kind and Christian. What? can I bring to their lives to make their lives better? And I began to see my whole surrounding differently. And so I opened a tap dancing class because there was nothing like that in the, in the neighborhood or community at all. And I tried to bring too much. And these people were from Scandinavian descent. And I was going to teach them how to quit working so hard and have a little fun. And I introduced things into the community to show them that life can still be worthwhile if you inject a little fun into it and don't be working all the time. <laughs> That I I am very familiar with the, that environment, Joan, and I imagine what a challenge you had trying to convince people to to put put aside the hard work and have a little more fun. Um, yes, yes. So you um you also I think Linda t told me that you um at some point became um you were very involved in the church and you became uh, what we would call a lay preacher. Yes, I got involved uh, in the church when we moved to town. Things changed, and I, we, and the children, we went to church. And my 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 husband later on became a very very in, uh, important person there, and made a lot of good things happen. Yes, I got uh, involved in the church 
I'd always been to church as a child back in Australia. And uh, I became a lay preacher. And I went to different country churches when the uh, minister was on not there and preached from the, uh, you know, gave the whole sermon. And uh, I, I really enjoyed that. I've always had the ability to speak, public speaking. I belong to League of Women Voters. I belong to, um, uh, oh, I can't think of it, that the leadership delivering uh, speeches. And I've always been quite good at that. And I did enjoy working in the church and we, we were quite connected socially because in those towns the big social center was the church and i really enjoyed 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 doing that and uh, i i became my husband got quite good in the church and in the uh community we uh, he became a justice of the peace and he belonged to the Masons, and he did a lot of things, things in that community. And I, I uh, joined the Auxiliary Legion. I was uh, uh, the Legion, is the American uh, military, uh, so uh, you know, soldiers, etc. And I belonged to the Auxiliary, and uh, I was asked to direct the play, the high school asked me uh, to direct the play because they didn't have anyone to do it. And I've always loved the theater and I did that. <laughs> and uh, It sounds like so, you taught yourself much of what you were offering the community. Yes, yeah. I, yes, I, I decided to change that community, mm -hmm. and I, I made it more like Australia. We didn't work so hard down there, where of course the climate wasn't such a, such a challenge like it was in Minnesota, mm -hmm. <laughs> and twenty below zero and snow all over the place. But uh, <laughs> so, I Joan, make... uh, <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt, but. Um, I want to kind of bring us sort of into uh, at some point you and your husband decided to retire and you moved to Oregon. Is that yes? That was in the we early were, 80s, 1980s, I think. Yes, 1980, we moved to Oregon and I was really thrilled. I wanted to go to California because that's like where I grew up, but no, we go to Oregon. And I've been happy here ever since. Oregon is a beautiful state. And it was close to the ocean, which I had always missed. And I be, I got involved in the community. And uh, we were only here a year and a half when he died. And that was, I was 57. And, but I, I went to college starting when I was 50, graduated at 59, taught school for 10 years. And... Uh, he, he was a sad departure. I found happiness when I found the um, senior center. That was 
wonderful, and another social organization called Four Seasons. And I made some wonderful friends, and we did a lot of things together. And uh, there were so many dance places all over Salem and Portland, and I always loved to dance. That's where I met my first husband. And I loved to dance, and I used to dance all over the place. <laughs> and uh, I finished college and became a teacher, and I um, tried to make things of them. I volunteered at Samonka House, which is the women's residence for the I, uh, um, IGA. The, and uh, I've been active in the uh, church, played bridge. I help try to help people around me to feel useless, useful. I joined the women, the League of Women Voters, which is very interested in politics and. That's another wonderful organization. I met my husband. We, he was 88. I was 78 or 79 and 89. And we traveled all over the world. Yeah, tell we us some, a, about that, some of, of your travels. Well, he said, I want to go to Australia. And I said, no, I don't. I've been there. He said, I want to go. Oh, all right. And so I got on the computer and I found a woman who had a house for rent in this area that I grew up in. And I contacted her. We got on a plane and we went down there, I met her. We moved in, she moved out, and we lived there for six months in Australia. Had a one right where I was, where I grew up. We had a tremendous time. And, uh, we went to Europe and, and South America and China. Loved China. That was very interesting. And we, uh, we had a, a wonderful experience with all our traveling. And he always was happy to do anything that I wanted to do. And we became involved in the senior center and they had little shows and one time I deck I one time I dressed him up as a woman and we went to a dance and I have pictures and he I dressed as a man and we had a wonderful time. The things that we did. And some woman some guy came up and asked him to dance. And he actually got up and danced with the guy. <laughs> he had a wonderful time. And he lived to be 103. And so, we, we had a wonderful time. We traveled the world. Yes. Was, you must have both was, been in, in, in quite good physical health to be able to yes, do that kind of traveling. I have always been an advocate. I had a mother who said, health is wealth. And I was fortunate. She always fed me nutritious food. I lived where there were lots of fruits and vegetables, and I always have been an advocate of good health. I exercise regularly, walking. We have exercise classes here. I swim, and uh, I've always 
been like that, always exercising and eating healthy food. And I think that's why I'm still here, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and to read and study and keep the mind active. And I have been on the stage at Chemeketa in a play, Hello, Dolly. I was at the Pentacle Theater in the stay on the stage there when I was single for 23 years. I found lots of things to do. And I worked teaching school and teaching adult classes till I was about 71. Is there anything <laughs> at this point that you say, whoa, because I, I, you've done all these different things and used so many of your talents. Is there anything that you think, well, I would still like to do. Is there anything that, that's missing? Well, I, 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 I will not give up. Never. And I want to be an inspiration to people. I'm presently thinking uh, I need to uh, find a place to volunteer where I enjoyed volunteering at Samanka House so much. And I'm wanting to, to get out and do some volunteering. I want to do that. Um, I don't know about traveling around the world. That's too much work. <laughs> but I enjoy just meeting people and I enjoy helping people. When I meet people who are um, unhappy or scared, I try to help them. It gives meaning to my life. And um, I, I like to start some little shows here where I live. <laughs> and... Uh, I, I try to take care of my health so that I don't become a burden. And I try to be an inspiration to people and encourage them. Just because you're older, don't give up. Use the energy or what you have left to some purpose on this earth that's good. I love to encourage young people. And, and guide them and give them the benefit of my experience and what I have learned in life. We Well, the other day, there's a young lady that comes in and cleans my apartment. And I said to her, you don't want to do this all your life. No. Well, what about college? So we had a long discussion and I got in touch with Shemekata and I directed this young lady what to do and where to go and how to apply. And so I think that that is one thing, and I haven't spoken to her lately, so I'm not sure what happened. But that is, that is uh, one of the th things that I like to do, is to try to help people. Mm -hmm. Joan, I'm, when, I'm wondering, have you... You know, that moment when you were so down when you were younger and you were so down and you and you got on your knees and you you sought some insight. Have, have you ever reflected on how that change actually was able to come up, come around for you? So many people get stuck. And as you're talking about, you meet so many people and you want to help them. 
I'm wondering how what what it was that moved you to just change the way you saw the world at that point. Well, I knew that I was not going to go back to Australia and live there. That my I had two children and my life was going to be in that town in Minnesota. And it was time that I adjusted. And I have always believed in God and Jesus. The, the good Lord has lately become a real father to me. I kneel down. I pray to him at night about things. And I feel like I'm speaking to a real father, not just a spirit. And I got down on my knees and I said, oh, very short. Oh, God, help me to adjust. And I went to sleep. The next morning, I got up, and everything looked different. I began to see the beauty of where I was at, the, the, the goodness and the love of the people I was surrounded by that I had never seen before. I was always thinking of Australia and some other place that I ignored the beauty and the opportunities of the place I was at, that I was in. And that's what we need to do. We need to see locally, right where we are, the beauty of, and what we can do to make it better. And that's when my life changed. And I decided to bring to those people the skills and the attitudes that I had about life and living. And I, I started, I had a, um, I we had a girls sport team that I engineered. I went over to the school and I said, I didn't think it was fair that there were boys sports and very little for girls. And I Made a tried to make changes in that community that I thought needed to be changed, and I used my my uh, instinct, my experiences from living in Australia and under a different society. But I will have to save this. I love America. I love the United States. Why? Because United States never classified me. They accepted me just as I was. And there is no thing, there's nothing here. If I wanted to succeed or do in this country, nothing is going to stop me. I have been accepted as good as and equal as anybody else. And this is the this is the beauty of this country, and I'm so scared and unhappy about some of the things that are now going on. Our democracy is threatened, mm -hmm. and this God-given country should be an example for the whole world. Certainly gave me an opportunity. And, and I when you decided that, that this was home, that America was your home, your whole view changed. Absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. And I told my children, nothing will stop you from exceeding. Whereas when I grew up, I, I had 
it wasn't like that. If you weren't rich and if you weren't part mm -hmm. of the upper group, you couldn't get ahead. Mm -hmm. Here, you can get ahead. God bless America. Yeah, well, Joan, that is, that's a lovely, lovely way to talk about our country. And, um, you know, so you're, I just, you're, you're 97, you're in your mid 90s. And I'm, yes. So what, what keeps you moving? What keeps you, I just see you as someone who's always in kind of, always keeps moving. Um, what keeps you going? Oh, I enjoy life, every minute of it. My family is extremely important. We get together and we do things. And I'm terribly lucky to have such lovely children and to be near them. And they they express their, their helpfulness to me. And I try to be helpful to them and the grandchildren. I love the grandchildren, especially my one granddaughter. She's uh, like me. And we... <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of things in common. <laughs> and um, uh, to, to help people as I meet them, to um, be a part of the society here, to um, go to meetings with the League of Women Voters, and mm -hmm. to, uh, to go to church, and to do things in the church that I enjoy and to write letters. I've written a lot of letters to the meta-editors mm. about women's rights, oh. how we need to give women the rights that they deserve. I have copies of them. That I've done that over the mm. years. We need to stay involved in the community. We need mm -hmm. to, give, to give our experiences uh, to make sure that the play that when we leave we have added something to and keep your health keep your mind up and your health up and uh, be concerned about and be okay got a black there <laughs> i try to be an inspiration mentally and physically Mm -hmm. I would think spiritually also. And spiritually, yes. I talk about God and, uh, of course, Jesus died for our sins. And uh, all religions, I like to study other religions too. I like to study. I like to read things that are, that are in full of information that I still have lots to learn. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> we never give up learning. Yes, I like but, that. <laughs> what are you, what are you uh, especially curious about these days? I'm worried about our country. Uh, the war in Ukraine is, I'm thinking that we're still back in the 2,000 years ago. It's awful mm -hmm. to think that human beings can treat human beings like that in this beautiful modern age that we live in. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, the people on the streets were spending billions and billions of dollars sending machines over to shoot the Russians when that money could be spent to help the people suffering in Africa and in this country. Mm -hmm. I get thousands and thousands of 
requests through the mail for money to uh, help these people and seeing these folks on the streets but not there's something wrong with our society that should not be and our democracy our government is having trouble democrats and republicans can't seem to agree or work together i think our democracy is threatened and it scares me mm-hmm. we each one of us should be involved writing letters to the editor and being informed mm-hmm. going out and speaking and attending meetings that are uh going to benefit the society there's many things we can do and, and you you're still doing all those things it sounds like absolutely absolutely yeah. i wouldn't keep, i wouldn't give it up <laughs> even if i were even if i were in bed <laughs> confined <laughs> i would still be speaking and encouraging mm-hmm. you bet <laughs> well you know john your daughter linda is uh, is an extremely good friend of mine and i've heard stories about you for many many years and really? i just yeah oh yes how, and um, how boring <laughs> no not at all i just was so thrilled when when she um said she was going to introduce um us you to us so oh. i really want to thank you for being with us today and and sharing god. some of your well, stories god, I, we god. may have to have you back to hear more well, i was thinking in 10 years we should have you back june <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't you know you could you have to shut me off i i get to talking and i get a little carried away god oh, bless that's... you and god bless linda and god bless what you're trying to do is to is to keep people contributing what they can to the society around them they should mm-hmm. never give up Mm-hmm. and the older people have something special that they can share particularly with younger people yes yes absolutely well thank you those are uh, very inspiring words to to close today's conversation with and again thank you john so much for for talking with us well i hope i haven't uh, i hope i haven't overdone it Not but at it's all. it's what i i may i did think about this my daughter gave me the my daughter heather gave me the questions and i gave some thought to it and uh, i did try to prepare and uh, thank you for inviting me i feel honored oh well so honored to have you joan and and you are so inspirational you've given me many things to think about so thank you yes <laughs> never give up That's right. <laughs> and listen, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast where and wherever you listen and leave a review. Visit our website womenover70.com to access all of our episodes and easily search by name or category. Join us the first Tuesday of each month to enjoy programming beyond the podcast hosted by Aging Reimagined Circle. Membership information is on our website womenover70 .com see you next wednesday on women over 70 aging reimagined <laughs>